Good morning and welcome to another episode of JJ Live. This is Julian Munyard. Today I'm trialing something. I'm not using any music in the introduction or the outro. I hope that is okay with you guys. Today's episode is with Luke. Luke is a businessman and has operated and owned numerous businesses on the Sunshine Coast. Varying from bookstores, expanding into cafes and now his current occupation, a computer and phone repair shop called The Drop Shop. We do cover quite a few things in the next 40 minutes, but the main focus of this interview is about business literature and philosophy and the positive effect it's had on Luke's journey of business and having an appreciation for the arts and music. We also discuss what Luke believes to be the cheat sheet to life, available to anyone who wants it. And the question arises, well, where did Luke start? First off, I had dreams that I wanted to achieve. Uh, there's all these little things, but I went, okay, what are the big things? What, mm. what do I really, really want? So they were own a bookstore, uh, travel the world, become a published author. Those were the things that I truly wanted to do with my life. <laughs> Most of us have dreams and aspirations, but how many of us are doing things that are getting us closer to those dreams? Then those were the, the three I sort of settled on. So I went, okay, what can I do first? I'll start, I'll start the bookstore. Um, so what I did was I aimed at that. And yes, I was saving already. And I went and volunteered in the industry I was interested in. So what intrigued me about that is how uncommon it is in today's world. I mean, how many people do you see volunteering now? And so I went and volunteered. And I was able to get a job in the library. Then like I took... Took a bit of a diverge on that one because um, I ended up doing events for a little bit, a little while, and did some art exhibitions, and um, started a uh, a rock and a music event on the Sunshine Coast, <laughs> uh, which that that was a bit of a curtail yeah. right from that goal because you know life will sometimes yeah. throw you something interesting, so you might as well do it. Exactly. Um, then went into um, community work for a little while, which ended up landed me as a youth worker for a good year or so. Um, and then I went, all right, this isn't quite working out because I saw a lot of waste in council uh, and how our system, because you see, I, I was a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed young lad and I couldn't understand how these beautiful ideals couldn't actually deliver what they were espousing. Anyway, um, we won't go into that. That's probably a whole other thing. Um, so I ended up leaving that and I went and volunteered at a bookstore because I still wanted to own a bookstore. And, you know, what's the best way to learn something? Do it. And get paid to do it. So if you want something, if you want a business, well, that, that's, I guess, a kind of okay piece of advice. If you want a business doing something, go get a job in it. Mm. Rock up, volunteer for a bit, they'll hire you, be a hard worker... Be indispensable Look, with an employer. If you work your butt off and if you make things happen, they're never going to get rid of you. They're always going to want you there. Choose what you want and get paid by someone else to learn how to do it. Before we move too far along, these are the things Luke learned from his past careers. Luke, from what I can tell, you're well read. Please share some of the books and lessons you've learned from literature. Uh... I thank the heavens above and below or where, wherever they are that, and everything that I actually have had the blessing of being able to read a lot of books. Um, one, of, one of the first one that springs to mind is Logotherapy. Um, Viktor Frankl wrote a book 
about his experience in Auschwitz from um, A Man's Search for Meaning. Um, and in it, um, I'll probably slaughter the quote exactly, but the only thing we have to choose is our reaction, mm. our response to the world around us. So that was a very small but very powerful book. The ability to choose one's response, one's reactions to any given set of stimuli is something I think is very profound and very, very important. Um, I'll throw another one at you. Uh, Khalil Gibran, uh, The Prophet, has always been a fantastic book. Um, uh, it's poetry. So I get a lot from the way he describes things. So the way that man talks about pain, love, uh, life. Very small book. Um, Middle Eastern gentleman. There's, a, there's like there's a few of those poets like Rumi who talks writes on love and um, Hafiz. These books are fantastic. I've, I've read a lot. Mm. Um, you what about look, influential in terms of business? Oh, influential. Yeah. So influential in terms of business, that would be. I think I mentioned one to you the other day when we we're briefly yes, having a chat. Uh, um, richest man in Babylon. Yeah. Good, like, did you end up having a read of it? I have got it in my bag right now, but yeah. I've just finished um, a Jim Rohn book called "The Five Lessons to the." Five major lessons to the life puzzle. Yeah. But my next book is going to be The Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah, good. Um, nice story. Gentle, easy reading. Most of the mo- most of the most profound, interesting knowledge is usually encapsulated in very gentle words. Um, I found a lot of things try and be too pompous or verbose mm. or try and wrap it up in these layers of initiation yeah. or mastery or difficult. Most of the secrets of life are really quite simple. Uh, they're just they're, they're there. Um, that's a beautiful book because it's so so simple and, and talks about a process of investing in oneself, and that's one of the most important things ever. Um, like look, you can look at um, I look at ancient Greece when they won. Was it the the first war against the Babylonians? Um, against the Persian Empire when they came over and invaded and then they basically what happened uh, Greece was strewn that they'd won the victory and then it was strewn with all the the copper and bronze and all the weapons and they sold um, this is how they became a superpower they actually sold all that copper and and bronze and used that money to give the the populace free loans so they invested interest-free loans for any citizen of Athens to invest in themselves all of a sudden they became a superpower because you had all these farmers who could buy more crops, buy more animals, buy boats. So that simple idea of investing in oneself, so education is key in that. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon talks about the idea of just investing 10% of everything you earn that you then turn yeah. into seed money and then grow. And what kind of effect has that had on your life and in business? It's how I got my initial money. It's how I got my startup. Mm because that set up a saving pattern um, and the idea of that. So that's a good place to start. Combine it with, we'd all know Robert Kiyosaki, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Cashflow Quadrant. Uh, he's an American guy, very interesting. Uh, 
very repetitive, very American. <laughs> you know, whenever you watch an American documentary, how they repeat stuff, like on the History Channel stuff or anything. Yeah, they I do. haven't really encountered um, that, but I can I can believe that's true. They they hash it over and over. Um, there's a couple of he's got a couple of graphs in all those books that there's only like these two graphs that are just pure gold. Of course, it's inspiring to read them, but what's an asset and what's a liability? And learning to think about what's an asset and a liability is, I think, fundamental to anyone who wants to achieve anything. Because it changes all these things that we perceive as being an asset when they're actually detrimental to us and cost us money. So if you add a, a strong saving ability, then add a perception of what actually is an investment of that money because you know once you've saved it you got to stick it somewhere yeah and you got to put it to work so how do you do that um so the asset and liability thing i think from which dad poured out was very good to learn very fundamental also looking at the clash the cash flow quadrant of where you want to learn because do you want to skill yourself up to get a better hourly wage do you want to own physical possessions like houses or do you want to um invest in stock market or what, what do you do with this money that you've saved? Um, e-myth, that was, that was a good one. Very boring. <laughs> uh, so you can say that books are boring, but there's still quality information. Absolutely. Oh, sometimes it's just a hard slog. The e-myth was very boring because it was based around systems. So it was the implementation of systems within businesses to make things automated. So similar to how McDonald's or someone automates what they do. Mm. I'm sorry, I, I, that's not a riveting read. Um, <laughs> it's very straightforward but I, if anyone who ever wants to set up a business especially and have employees or have any sort of structure within the business you have to read something like that because it's, it's, it's gold um, where do you think where do you think you'd be if you've never read if you never read all these books and gained this information where do you think you'd be now Oh. Definitely not doing what I'm doing. Um, I would definitely be a shadow of myself. I would be horrified to think of where I could potentially be if I hadn't have read or yeah. educated myself. I doubt the outcome would be as positive or as beneficial as I currently am. Um, I don't think it would be... I don't think I'd want to know. It's like one of those things I'd, I'd hate to yeah. think. It's like, where would you be without your family? Mm. Where would you be without your parents? It's where would you be without the, all these people that have taught you? Um, <laughs> I shudder to think. Yeah. It's it's not a very nice idea. Um, oh, they've kept me. They've kept me alive. Being able to reach out to beautiful minds when I'm surrounded by a world that is often quite small, painful, brutal, um, that can often be a very two-faced, unhappy place without people like Socrates or Seneca or Van Gogh or um, all, the, all these great things that I've read to inspire me, to show me something of beauty in my moments of darkness. It's like a torch in the light. There's no hope. Well, not no hope, but the world becomes a shadow of itself. Uh, you need something to strive to. You, this is a beautiful side of humanity. There is this absolutely loving, 
caring, giving, magnificent side to us um, that creates art, um, that creates beauty, that creates things of interest, that creates a business or growth or the, the creator aspect within all of us. And it doesn't matter where you direct that creator aspect. It could be in art. It could be in business. It could be helping someone. It could be charitable goods. It could be running podcasts. Mm you've got to do something and you've got to create because that's the, the nice side of us and that's the side that I got introduced and got to shown <laughs> whilst in a small town um, <laughs> I'm yeah does that answer your question? it does yeah very much do you mind sharing some of the reasons you've chosen to switch between industries? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get bored. Um, <laughs> life, the boredom sometimes, yes. I constantly look for challenge and I constantly like to create. Uh, I like to try my hands at new things. Life is an adventure. What is that? There's a saying there, like life is a daring adventure or nothing. I remember sure reading that, that sometime, some once upon a time. Like, what do you, what do you want from your life? Yeah. Do you want to be sitting on a deathbed, looking back at, say, yes, you did one thing really, really well, or do you want to sit back, like, even where I am at the moment, <laughs> I look back and I'm tired, mm. <laughs> just thinking of what I've done, um, the businesses I have made, the events I've caused brought into being mm. uh, the things I have already lived a very full and rich life already so. so why do I do it circumstances sometimes uh, an idea um, uh, a passion um, one of the shops I created just to see what I could do I've always believed in a muse very strongly like uh, you you amuse is someone who inspires you to create because you see another side of, of yourself um, so I made some things with the muse and I also made a business where I used myself as that muse just to see what I could do um, and that was very interesting it was, it was a beautiful place mm. there's no there's no practice run to life if only have one shot Yes, I agree with that statement. Mm -hmm. um, I will also say there is, it, it kind of is also a practice run sometimes because if you ever set out to do anything, if you ever try and achieve a goal, be prepared to fail. Be prepared to fail mm -hmm. repeatedly. Fail and fail again and again and every single time you fail you will get better at it and you will refine it. It depends, it's like a test of how much you want something. Um, if you set yourself at a goal fail fail repeatedly but don't give up just fail again and fail a little bit less and make a success and slowly over time you'll make more successes and the failure will decrease it's almost like how much do you want it mm. how much do you want to earn what you want to achieve and, and like, that's a big question what do you want to achieve I think that's one of the first things you need to do is decide what you determine as a person as success or as your goal you need to decide what that is. You need to decide 
what's important to me. Like it could be, for some people it could be having three kids. Mm. Or for some people it could be setting up a podcast and rivaling Joe Rogan show. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it could be, for me, building bookstores or becoming a published author or something like that. It, decide what you deem as success. Not what society says mm. is supposed to be a success. Not what anyone else, well, not what your parents think is supposed to be a success. Define it for yourself. What are you happy to achieve? How do you want to achieve it? And how do you define a success? Ooh. I already am a success. Um, for me, it's accomplishing dreams. It's... <laughs> I get a buzz out of doing things. Always have. Mm-hmm. I Can't sit idle. Can never sit idle. Never. No, you never should sit idle. No, it's, it's, right. If you don't actually expend your energy, you see, that's what I see happen to a lot of people. If you don't, if you sit idle, your energy rolls back in on you, and it basically infects. Well, it creates rot. Like you look at anything that's no longer moving because you're either in a state like a, a part of growth, or you're in decay. Yeah. So no. So if you are doing something, you're directing your energy. Not only is that energy that you are able to move, if we want to look at it like from a hippie perspective or something like that, or that idea of energy, the more energy you can move, the more energy you can move on, the more you're going to get. It's just to just never try and dam something up. Never try and just trap it. Um, like you can look at what is happening with our financial system where all the money is getting dammed up or controlled or altered. or You know what I mean? It's not moving, so it creates nothing and energy or because all money is really a value anyway um, what do I deem as success you right now you are the results of millions of years of evolution you're sitting on a rock in a plane of existence that should not exist uh, if one thing in gravity was changed if one thing uh, if uh, the hydrogen in the sun didn't burn at the same rate our universe would have already sputtered out technically we are winners right now if one step in your chain of life like one ancestor didn't exist one ancestor hadn't have happened if basic term uh, if you hadn't have been that if you hadn't have made it to the egg you wouldn't be you mm. there's, a, there's this whole range of things you are technically a success right now I think loving yourself is a big part of that as well and just accepting you for who you are so I think I'm a success because I've kept doing things and because I've kept alive but just being here yeah all these trappings are great but they're meaningless mm. this it's just a place to stand yeah. <laughs> does that answer the question it does if you woke up one morning as a 16 year old with the knowledge and experience you've acquired now what would you do differently uh, well I'm going to have bias <laughs> I 
think I'd get on a plane. I'd hope I'd get on a plane. <laughs> you see, with the experience I currently have, that would take the joy out of doing it again. See, something happens to people as they get older. Life kind of batters at them and they, they lose their perspective. The whole, the, part, the whole joy of being 16 is having a fresh perspective. Life hasn't smacked you down 50,000 times yet. Life hasn't... You haven't had your dreams crumble up in smoke. So I would probably just be a wiser person in a 16-year-old body, but what, what is wisdom? Most of the time, wisdom's really not that good. Oh, it can be, yeah. but most of the time it's not because, you know... Isn't the fun of it taking risks? Mm. How many old people do you see jumping and backflipping off a wall? <laughs> not, not a whole <laughs> How many 16-year-olds do you see doing it? A majority. Like a couple at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are still doing it. Yeah. Like, not saying that there's not wisdom and greatness in old age or maturity as life progresses, but I'm not going to vaunt. See, that, that's something I'll say. Don't take old people seriously don't trust the adults most of them are idiots <laughs> so, we we get this thing that might be a little bit harsh but we do have this thing where we as young people we're told um that to respect our elders um and a whole lot of stuff and and absolutely yes they are, they are can be worth respect but however don't respect them if they don't make sense mm. um put them up to occam's razor Use logic. Put them up to Socrates's Socratic theory. Yeah. Actually, reason. Just because age, age does not bring wisdom. Mm. Age does not bring experience. Um, so, if I was sixteen again, I would hope I would travel more. Um, I would. I would hope. I would be more of a involved in change with what's going on right now um, we have a generation that has to do something yeah. Yeah. the tipping point is here I'd even like to be involved in doing something a little bit more for the planet and for what's actually about to occur with our judicial system mm. I would hope I would maybe go that way instead. I'm not sure. It's a hard question. You understand is, why that could is, be a hard yes, question? I can definitely understand. And if I think about it, that's why I go, hmm. <laughs> oh, I have a friend who preaches this thing he calls the great filter and how, about how 80% of um, our population drags the other 20% down. <laughs> Um, and uh, I do find myself agreeing with him see a lot of people don't exercise the ability to think Mm. thinking's hard yeah I very much agree how how about your peers do most of them put effort into self-realisation and understanding who they are um no I wouldn't I wouldn't think so I think there's a big um mistake in that people choose not to read or they think that reading is like what's the point I think quite the opposite I think reading is one of the best things you can do as you would know and mm. change your life 
or the choice to take the lessons out of the books and actually apply them rather you come well reading yes I will wholeheartedly say that reading is one of the most important things you can ever do for yourself to study to learn ideas you, you, it's like a cheat sheet um, <laughs> you can know someone who spent their entire life theorizing something and then they can give you a distillation that you can absorb within a week you can absorb an entire, not a complete understanding, of course. However, you can get a whole range of information that would never be able for you to access. And I'm sorry, TV doesn't do it. No. It, it brushes yeah. over things. It, it's in, They're infomercials. They're absolutely fantastic, but you're not really learning anything. It's similar when you like look on a Facebook link and you click the link or read the title. You're only just, you're not even dipping a toe in. Uh, whereas if you read a book, you're basically accessing someone's thoughts. It's a conversation like we're having now. Like I, I do love conversations because they can be a robust exchange of ideas. Mm. However, when someone actually writes it into a book, they've thought about it a lot. You get the chance to think about it. You get to reread. You get to go over. You get to hash. Yeah. The gifts are limitless, and it's kind of great. Because it's not for the general public. It might, you know, a lot of people don't want to do it. They're mm. forced to do it. However, I do ask, why is that? Why aren't we engaged more with mm. books and with knowledge at a young age? Like, why aren't we given, like, the, oh, my God, the syllabus, the reading list. I, like, looked back on my reading list as um, a young student and it horrified me because they didn't, like, they gave me my brother Jack. Oh, it's Which, not different. <laughs> it's no different now. Believe me. But they're terrible it, books. They are, my library is full of terrible books. Full. It's like where... My school library is just full of absolutely... They're just... Yeah, it's just not helpful, insightful knowledge. Where is that? Why, like, engage me to read. Give me something beautiful. Give me something interesting. Give me something that feels... I only found these from stepping from one thing to one thing for one thing. I remember, like, um, the way I discovered Charles Bukowski um, and, you know, a <laughs> bunch of 16-year-olds reading Charles Bukowski. Okay, Charles Bukowski <laughs> is a bit of a dirty old man. He's uh, a bit of a weird guy, but he's yeah. also very interesting. Mm. Um, and, he, and he writes some fantastic poetry, but that was from a Nick Cave song. Um, do you know Nick Cave? Um, I don't. No, Nick Cave's absolutely fantastic Australian uh, musician. How did I get onto Nick Cave? I think that was from one song that he did with another female artist. It's like, always follows those those threads of knowledge. People will recommend, like-minded people will recommend things. It's great. I do love that. Like, you find someone that you like, and then you, they, they put you onto someone else that you like, and it's almost like these ripples are meant to find you. I don't know. Mm. Going off topic. It's quite a journey. We're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, what advice do you have for any entrepreneurs listening to this podcast? <laughs> Get the money or die trying. <laughs> um, <laughs> thug life. Um, no. See, advice is so conceited. Um... 
it would depend on what they want to do and how they want to do it. Mm. Um, research, read, learn. Research, read, learn. If you want to go into... Uh, I've just taught myself every single thing I could possibly learn about house and about buying houses. It took about six months. I, I now completely understand how LMI works, and just mortgage insurance, um, how all the fees that are inherent in it, the way to work the banking system, and how to acquire home loans. Research, learn, learn, learn. So you're not reinventing the wheel. If you're going to become an entrepreneur, um, Einstein said something fantastic on that, I would say. What, 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration? It's a lot of hard work. Grit. Grit and determination. Set your sights. Don't be shaken. Um, Don't stop. Bukowski has a good poem on that, hey? If you're going to try, go all the way, or otherwise don't try at all. It could be leave you homeless. It could leave you sleeping on a park bench. You'll lose loved ones. Um, but I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But right. that is the journey. If you're going to go, go all the way. So any entrepreneur out there, pick your goal, work your butt off, and be prepared that it is 100% not going to be how you expected it to be (laughs) the ideal you first set out and be fine and and accept that yes or once you get there and go no it's going to be this way and then once you get there and you achieve it then you go oh wow it's actually nothing like i thought oh this is this is a lot more harder or this is difficult or it's i thought it'd be nicer that's all right that's 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 life Mm -hmm. so in a cohesive advice I would probably say work really hard, focus on what you want, don't stop, don't let anyone dissuade you, oh, pick your mentors well, Mm. people's advice, can I be crass again, I can be quite crass, Uh, opinions are like assholes, everyone has one, which... don't listen to everyone's opinion because most of them don't know what they're talking about you can edit that out um (laughs) we could probably should edit that out or don't cast your pearls to swine Mm. that's probably more a thing about giving advice do not listen to people who do not know what they're talking about if someone offers you advice look at them before you listen to their advice and go does that person have what I want if okay if I'm going to get let's say really simply if I'm going to let's say I want to lose weight and get a good physique would I listen to the advice of a 200 pound or like 200 kilo obese man no no because he's not living it he's not proven it he hasn't achieved it why would I listen to that man's advice I wouldn't in business People will always be negative often and tell you the, the, the reason why not to do something. But if they haven't done it, don't listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> if, they wouldn't know. No, if they're working a nine-to-five job and go, oh, you know, you should never go into business. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. No, piss off. Like, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. If you've achieved it and you can say, oh, yeah, look, I probably wouldn't do it that way again because of this, this, and this. Oh, listen to that person. If you know they've walked that road, if you know they've walked that place, listen to them. 
did you have any mentors or guides in your life and how influential were they to you? Books gave them all to me pretty much. <laughs> Books gave me my father figure. Books gave me my knowledge base. Literature gave me my ability or assisted my ability to think freely, brought ideas to me. Um, I learned a lot of what not to do from other people's businesses and working in those businesses and how not to be the boss or how not to be in that role. Um, I have friends who I use as sounding boards, but no, I always did hope to find some good mentors. Um, but unfortunately, severely lacking in, in very short supply or they're very busy. Um, so unfortunately I was never able to achieve because I did once read something about a mentor but unfortunately I couldn't find any <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully books will do in place of a physical mentor I believe everyone can benefit from getting their thoughts out of their head and onto paper do you have any way of keeping track of your thoughts such as journaling no I don't would you consider it as something important? Depending on the person and the goal setting ability that they have and want to use or to allow that out and as a habitual thing I think it could be important I don't do it um, I have an excellent memory so I can remember most things mm. so I've never felt the need to do it and I did a deal with myself where I wouldn't write until I'd set myself free. I do weird deals with myself. <laughs> so, um, one of that was one of them that I wouldn't write a book or I wouldn't write information or I wouldn't I wouldn't try and write an autobiography or any work of fiction until I no longer required an income until I was set free and I could sit in my garden mm. because if that stipulation I put on it because to me that seemed like a reasonable um, thing I have a lot of weird little ideas um, I'm experimenting with not having an age um, just as a theory because I think people choose ages to set standards by and I think they again they slowly deteriorate themselves mm. just by a number yeah by, mental, by mentally focusing on something oh my god I'm 30 I should be married I should yeah. have kids oh my god I'm 50 hey what's the average age of life how long do you get we know that outlook and thought does affect who you are so if you can try and keep that positive or if you can try and alter that to be something good who knows what the results are and try not to limit yourself however as I said I try and do deals mm. with me delayed gratification big believer in it mm. Delayed gratification. What is that? So not not getting what you want right now in a small bit, actually delaying that opportunity and getting what you want. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah? no, did I did So basically delaying like I don't want to write like let's use that as the example so I chose not to write because I think while I'm working my ass off uh, or working say eight days a week the amount of time and energy I'm going to put into that work 
of fiction or the, whatever I'm writing for me, I don't think that's going to be a very good result. Whereas if I don't have to work, mm. I think it will be a better result. Yeah. So the gratification will come later. I would rather the thing that's beautiful or the thing that is absolutely amazing than the little piece of it or the the little lie that we tell ourselves or that little slither. Don't give me the slither. Give me the whole thing. I can yeah. wait for it. I'll earn it. I'll make it happen. Um, so an, an example of that was I decided I wanted a bookstore. So I went to the markets while working a full-time job and I started a bookstore with two wine boxes of books, two little boxes, and $200. And I worked a bookstore and I filled a room probably about six or so metres, by six or so metres to the ceiling full of books. And then I quit my job. So I never kept any money out of that bookstore the whole time I was building it I was basically because I'd already come up with that as an idea for because I love books yeah. I knew the stock nice and easy first business yeah. first place to land a business first place to get a business because I already understand what I'm dealing with exactly. I already volunteered in libraries and got a job and I would also volunteered in bookstores and gotten jobs don't be afraid to volunteer if you decide you want something I wanted to work with books so I volunteered and then you know I became dis- indispensable so they gave me a job because they were like god we just want this guy to keep turning up um but that's delayed gratification because if i had have kept money out of that bookstore or out of the books that i was selling every saturday and sunday buying and selling and buying and selling i would have never reached my goal i went you know what i'm not going to keep that money i'm going to leave it in the bank i'm going to leave that asset pool or that energy grow so after two years, I had enough books to quit my job and open a bookstore because of delayed gratification. Yes. Better example? Yeah. Better explanation? Cool. How would you use your free time? So, for example, if you if you received 12 months sabbatical, what would you do with it? Travel around the world and write. <laughs> always wanted to do a cathedral crawl uh, all through Europe um, wouldn't mind doing some of the there's like uh, road to Santiago de Compostela um, so the pilgrimage roads there's quite a few of them that one runs through Spain always wanted to go to Europe um, if I got a sabbatical I would pretty much just go to oh, Gaudi Gaudi's cathedrals also in Spain um, Rosalind Chapel um, oh the Blue Mosque and the, I've forgotten the name, uh, I've forgotten the other name in the middle of Constantinople. Alison's the name. Surely. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> so I'd love to see all those beautiful yeah. buildings, those things of art. That's you what I do. You greatly appreciate art, I can tell. And yeah. Literature. Books, art, music. Mm. Keeps, keeps you sane, keeps you whole, keeps you... Yeah, that's the magic, my friend. Yeah. That is the magic of our world. We're surrounded by the drab day to day, and that is that little bit of beauty that mm. resides. And that's the cut. If you enjoyed this episode, you can rate it on iTunes or let me know what you think of the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you want to find out more about what we talked about, head over to julianmunyard.com. And I want to thank you for your support and for listening to the show. 
I'm going to play you out with something that Luke said that I see as really valuable. Here it is. Choose what you want and get paid by someone else to learn how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple. Mm. It, it, when you look at it like that, you go, oh, oh yeah, 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 okay. All right, so that's what I did. 